Welcome to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. I'm Tanya Morgan and today I'm joined by Gupta, who's the CSIRO research scientist in soil microbiology. Welcome, Gupta. Great to have you on the show today. Thank you very much, Tanya. It's uh, good to be there. And we're going to have a bit of a conversation about a project that we've got going on in the Mallee, looking at regenerative ag practices in low rainfall regions and specifically low rainfall but before I get started, I just wanted to ask you, you've been um, working with soil microbes for a very long time now. What's your favourite microbe? What do you like researching the most and why? Microorganisms are the key to not just production for farmers, but actually for maintaining the, the whole soil system healthy enough to receive all the good things that microbes do to soil in, in the field, in the farm, and also the water that goes through the farm, and of course also air quality. So microbes are certainly rule the world and rule the health for us. There are more microbes in a teaspoonful of soil than the people on this planet. And for every gram of soil, there will be 10,000 bacterial species alone. Wow. So I guess it's pretty hard to pick a favourite. It is very difficult to pick a favourite. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's get on to Regen Ag today. We've been talking about it for a number of years. We see people doing it mainly in high rainfall grazing situations. How do you define regenerative agriculture? It's a very good question. There is no simple definition to regenerative agriculture. Actually, regenerative agriculture is considered as an approach to farming. That is, an approach to farming that uses soil conservation as an entry point to improve the overall ecosystem services. So there are people who actually give a definition. It's a farm, it's a farm for farming where greater attention is paid to the state of the natural capital, that is soil, water, biodiversity. And not only just a state at a particular time, but a trajectory where that is going under a farm. So it's an acknowledgement that there are non-farm stakeholders, there are people beyond the farmer alone growing the crop for the, for the regional society and the whole society, and they're interested in the responsible management of the farm. Do you think we can achieve regenerative agriculture in a low rainfall environment? A simple answer is yes. I would say why. Because regenerative agriculture is not a prescriptive farming. It focuses on the positive outcomes for the natural resource base. In the low rainfall farming environment, farmers are also looking for the same. They are also looking for improved overall soil health, um, productivity, and profitability. So it is possible to achieve the true goals of regenerative agriculture. Because in low rainfall environment, also, the farmers and the end users are interested in what happens to the system. If you focus on the positive outcome, that is particularly soil health, overall soil health and system health, then with the implementation of appropriate management practices, which are also part of regional agriculture, then it is possible in the low rainfall environment to achieve the true value of regenerative agriculture. I know when we started this project, sometimes regenerative agriculture has some negative connotations to it. People think that it's not using chemicals, not using inputs, but the principles we're looking at with the farmers we're working with are 
really, can you increase your biomass? Can you maximize soil cover? Can you improve soil health and build soil carbon through your choice of cropping rotation? We've sampled different farming systems. And what have you found from those results? Oh, as you said before, we used the farms that vary in the different components of the farming system. Because in the lower organic matter soils in the lower rainfall region, management is a key. Management is a driver of maintaining or improving biological functions. Management is an important component or impacted driver of the populations of microbes and biota in the soil and the type of microbes and their functional capacity. So in this study, we focused on different management practices that have been recognized or categorized in terms of their applicability to regional agriculture principles that reduce tillage and retain stubble, increase carb diversity. We also focused this uh, small-scale study on sands and sandy loam soils. So what we found from the results is that the variation in farms that differ in terms of the application of different categories of regenerative aggregate principles, that the biology followed the same trend that we see under a different gradient of conservation agriculture. Some of your audience would know conservation agriculture also includes or supports practices that are retaining crop stubble, reducing tillage, and diversifying crops. And the variation in biology is not restricted to just on the total microbes, that's what we call microbial biomass, the biomass of microbes, but also their ability to mineralize nitrogen, their ability to release phosphorus and sulfur for plants, and their ability to buffer against pathogens. So, biology and the lower rainfall farming system is following the trends of the conservation agriculture practices. One, two things that are different are that, that the under conservation agricultural systems, the use of fertilizers and some chemicals, for example, herbicides for weed control, is considered needed and required for a healthy crop and productive crop. This is use of the chemicals that are recommended at a recommended rate. Because amount of carbon inputs that are going back into the soil to maintain biology is key in the low rainfall sandy loam soils, use of such artificial chemicals to maintain or have productivity is the key also to maintaining higher level of biomass. So while the true regenerative agriculture philosophy says use, do not use chemicals or use low amount of chemicals, proper use of chemical inputs, that is fertilizer inputs, in the low rainfall regions seems to be required to maintain biology. Mm. The second, second activity that actually differs are different in the lower rainfall regions compared to general region ag philosophy is that inclusion of a grazing practices. 
in the lower rainfall regions, the overall productivity is lower. That is, two, three tons. So the amount of carbon inputs is also limited. So grazing practices that actually remove that microbial required carbon through crop residue retention, we need to be modified if the region ag philosophies are to be applied in the lower rainfall region. So those are the two differences, but there are many similarities between good conservation agriculture practices and region practices in the lower rainfall region. Yeah, and that's really interesting. And I think that's a really good message for a lot of our farmers out there in that they're probably already practicing most, if not all, of the components of what is classed as regen ag in low rainfall. We look at farmers that have been doing no-till for a really long time that really focus on their inputs to build up good yields, biomass, and look at really maintaining that soil cover all year round and think quite a large percentage of our farmers are doing that already, which is great. That's a good point, and yeah, you make. One of the other things that actually emphasizes, if you are one to consider region ag philosophy as principles, is that actually increasing crop diversity. Sometimes it is tempting to go for a continuous growing of same crop. But crop diversity has been known before to increase soil biodiversity. So that way, region ag principally is increasing crop diversity. So that's one of the things that could be brought into the current conservation agricultural practices, more so. Uh, uh, although under the banner of region ag philosophy. We've definitely seen an increase in the amount of legume crops grown in the district. That's definitely working in our favour too. So a lot of people think that you have to have a mixed cover crop, either over winter or spring, for that to be classed as regenerative agriculture. How does diversifying crop rotations go with a monoculture as opposed to a mixed crop? In the low rainfall regions, the biggest bottleneck to productivity, achieving productivity and maintaining health, is availability of water. So if you have any other growing crop beyond the period of the winter crop, if, and that affects the available plant-available water for the main crop, then the overall benefit may not be there. Having a poor crop over a longer period does not make it any better than having a good crop and then retaining crop residues. So the the principle of regenerative ag, as I said at the beginning, is soil conservation as an entry point. Entry point that where that the soil by natural capital base is maintained or improved. In these regions, if that is best achieved by having a good crop and a conservation agriculture practices during the summer crop, then that may have to be accepted as a regenerative ag practice in this system. Maintaining soil carbon is something many farmers worry about. How do we make sure we maintain soil carbon? Uh, that's a very good question. Carbon is the limiting factor for biological activity. And carbon inputs are the drivers of maintaining the natural soil resource base, that is biodiversity and water quality, and overall soil fertility itself. And in these re low rainfall regions, carbon inputs from crops are the main source of biologically available carbon. So, in order to maintain the biology 
and biological function capacity, microbes require regular carbon inputs. If there is no regular carbon input, then the soil microbes will utilize the native soil carbon for their energy source, which doesn't help either to build or maintain soil carbon. So, by adapting cropping practices that produce bigger crops, that actually allow more carbon into the soil, you are not only maintaining microbial activity, but also you are channeling the carbon from crops, crop residues, to a stable soil carbon. Soil carbon buildup happens when microbes convert carbon from external inputs into organic matter. So it is a microbial, dead microbes and other microbial products that actually build into resilient, stable soil carbon. So if you want to maintain and over a long term increase soil carbon in these regions, then practicing farming practices that actually build the plant biomass that also help retain the carbon inputs through crop residues and good crops. That's the way you can arrest the decline in carbon or maintain carbon or in the long term build soil carbon. Yeah, so do you think we can actually build much soil carbon? I think most people understand that we're starting from a very low base just inherently in Mallee soils. How much can we actually build soil carbon in soils that are just typically low? Total soil carbon takes two, three decades. But the path to building this long-term soil carbon pool or sequestered carbon is actually building the different pools of carbon that take the crop residue carbon to the final resilient soil organic matter. And this building requires, but you can, now there are techniques to see that the trajectory of them building the carbon. Just measuring total carbon alone, you may not see much change happening over a decade. But if you look at the various pools on the trajectory of building carbon, then you will see a good conservation agriculture or adapted regional agriculture practices would actually help to build that carbon. What role do droughts play in um, how well we can practice these principles of conservation agriculture and build soil carbon? Droughts are, uh, certainly have a very strong effect and not desirable effects on general biological activity or, of course, certainly the soil carbon sequestration uh, goal. Because when there are droughts, then this uh, amount of carbon, biologically available carbon going back in is low. But during that period, when there is a adequate moisture and temperature, microbes are still being active and therefore they will utilize the native, native soil carbon. So depending upon the intensity and duration of the drought, post-drought management is critical in order to keep the trajectory going towards build-up. I think a lot of farmers get frustrated by the lack of rainfall and they can see that their paddocks need more bulk and biomass, but it can be a bit of a tricky scenario when you're living in a low rainfall environment. It's great to know that many of our farmers are practising a lot of these practices of regenerative agriculture anyway, and we've got some more results coming out from this project pretty soon, don't we, Gupta? Yes. So we're in the first phase of the analysis of these soils, we have 
just initially measured the various properties, biological properties that represent, that contribute towards overall soil biological health. In the second phase of the experiment, our sampling, we're using those soils to actually measure the resilience of those biological capacity. So what I mean is that when you measure a biological property at a particular time, it gives you a snapshot what is the status of the time. But it doesn't tell you how will it respond when exposed to stress. This is the lack of water stress we talked about before drought, or chemical application, or many other stresses that microbes experience. So we are measuring now, we are in the process of finishing the measurements, measuring the biological resilience in the soils that we previously measured the status of biology. And that's excellent. And we look forward to that, those results, which we'll bring to our members. And we'll be able to see the different comparisons with different farming systems in those sandy loam soils. So thanks very much for joining us today, Gupta. Thank you very much, Tanya. We're working on it with Birchip Cropping Group, as well as the Murray Lands and Riverland Landscapes Board, with funding from the Australian Government's Future Drought Fund. Thanks for joining us. If you want to hear more, like and subscribe to the MSF Farm Talk podcast. Catch you later. Music